Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. What is up, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. I'm Andrew. And Miles is joining us today. Hi. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we have a section we want to talk about specifically with uh, some car stuff, but there's a lot also to go over today. So we have, let's see, Vision Pro units cracking down the middle. Kind of mm-hmm. weird. Zenfone possibly uh, taking the path that we were hoping they wouldn't take. Andrew switched his daily driver, and we're going to wrap it up with some autofocus updates with Fisker Ocean stuff. But first, we have some content that we love that we wanted to share. Uh, actually, you had two from the same YouTuber. Yeah, it's from Ludwig. I've talked about him a bunch on this uh, this pod because I think he has one of the best, some of the most knowledge of online streaming because of how big he was on Twitch and how big he was on YouTube streaming. Mm-hmm. But he also uh, put out a like hour-long interview with Neil... Neil Mohan, right? Mohan, yeah. um, which was really good, really funny. Also, Neil was great in it, and while he gave PR answers, they were like fun PR answers and felt a little good. better. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then he also did a quick video on Colin, or Colin Samir did a video looking at his how he works with his channel, where he works, and how he's kind of doing his like him as a YouTuber and the people working under him, and then also this other company he's doing, which is more of he's building it and hoping it takes off. Ooh. after him i haven't watched that one yet it's good i like it's really charts. good i mean colin and samir stuff's fantastic and yeah. ludwig is just super entertaining that's fair yeah i watched the neil interview he's the ceo of youtube by the way he was the chief of product yeah. of youtube now he runs the whole thing they addressed like every time his name comes up in our comment section people are always like that's the nft guy like he he they, was the the ceo that wanted to do nft stuff they talk about that they talked about briefly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um but yeah Lud- ludwig is great I would love for him to jump on the pod. I think you two could talk about YouTube and Twitch and just on social media in general for probably hours, and it would be yeah, enthralling. So uh, if you hear this and you're in New Jersey, don't know why you would be, but come stop by. <laughs> if, you're ever, if you're ever out here, uh, uh, for sure. But let's talk about what you two really want to talk about. Yeah. How do I? How do I? How do I explain this? So Elon was drunk tweeting last <laughs> yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, I you remember you guys remember the Tesla Roadster? Anybody? What is that? Were you yeah, were you born then? Do you remember? <laughs> I think I was just coming out of the womb when, <laughs> when like murmurs of that came about. Yeah. Yeah, there back in twenty seventeen, there was a they had this Tesla semi event and it wasn't really expected, but at the end of the event, they were like, by the way, there's some cargo on the Tesla semi truck and they rolled this car out the back and it was the new updated second gen 2020 tesla roadster and they went over all the specs and how it would have 600 miles of range and a 200 kilowatt hour battery and a zero a one and a half second zero to 60 all these crazy things uh i think it would have like an 8.8 second quarter mile just ridiculous stuff and then they gave people drives in a prototype and then we never heard from it again did they say 2020 right from the start 2020 okay yeah so 2020 came and went, and 2021 came 
and went. And 2022 came and went, and 2023 came and went. Now it's 2024. In the time since 2017, there have been various waves that this thing has made impress, where like Elon or Franz will say something or tweet something like, oh yeah, when it finally comes out, it'll be better than we originally promised. And we're like, great. But also, when? Uh, and, you know, Tesla's notoriously late with things, but this is the one vehicle, I think you're... You're on team. This is never coming out. <laughs> He's I, got I, notes. I, I was right, okay. but I I feel like I'm really just interested in like trying to understand what Elon is trying to accomplish with this car because yeah. really most people are not going to be interested in a two door impractical sports car from Tesla. That's kind of where the you know McLarens and Ferraris of the world kind of yeah shine and then he's talking about making the car fly let's let's go over yeah. what he tweeted and then let's start I, with that i think uh miles wants to debunk him sort of and uh i would love to get into the physics of yeah. it so okay elon last night tweets and this is like tuesday when this is being uh tweeted and now you're seeing this on friday but something might have been said in the meantime but he says tonight we radically increased the design goals for the new tesla roadster there will never be another car like this if you could even call it a car and then he replies tesla slash spacex collab then he replies production design complete and unveil end of year aiming to ship next year and then says i think it has a shot at being the most mind-blowing product demo of all time First of all, Humane Pin AI, most mind-blowing <laughs> product demo of all time. So the big shoes to fill, but... Sure, of course. Uh, this is shades of like what's been talked about before. I think years ago, we have we talked about like the SpaceX package, how there's going to be a base Roadster, which is just a, an electric two-door, and then there's a SpaceX package version, which is going to have cold gas thrusters from rocket technology on the car, which lets it do this crazy one and a half second zero to 60 and maybe they put them on the front of the car for better braking, and maybe they put them under the car and it can hop short distances. I don't know why you would want to do any of this stuff on the street, or even, to be honest, how street legal any of that is. But to answer your question, I always thought it was just halo car stuff. This will be low volume, which is why it's the lowest priority on the totem pole, but if they can claim that they have the fastest zero to 60 of any production car, and it's a Tesla, that pays for itself. But will the fastest zero to sixty version of the the Roadster actually be a production car variant? Because I feel like all the SpaceX stuff, yeah, is gonna you know I feel like it's gonna be very hard to make it road legal based on what he's claiming. I mean, yeah. do you remember that Key and Peele sketch of the basketball player after winning the game telling all the kids that they can fly? <laughs> yeah, you can fly. <laughs> Go to the yes. And I remember then they that. tried to fly. I feel like. <laughs> Something very similar could happen. I mean, having a sub one second zero to 60, that's unfathomable. Yeah. So a lot of things have happened since the original 2017 announcement. Specifically, a couple other fully electric hypercars have actually gotten unveiled and at least started to be demoed and shipped. The one that comes to mind for me is the Rimats Nevera, which we did a video about. We got to shoot with Triple F. And that obviously is a two plus million dollar car, but same flagship concept they made a fully electric two-door impractical sports car with ballistic acceleration and that just as a product was entertaining enough for some people to be really into it and there's a couple other things kind of like that that have also come out so i feel like there's a chance that elon was like oh 
Okay, the Roadster no longer beats those cars at anything. So the one thing that does make this stand out is if Flight. we do this this <laughs> SpaceX collab. And just to be clear, I'm not a rocket scientist. So what? all I really <laughs> understand. Are? Yeah, I mean, I'm, this is just, I don't know, maybe it's a shock to you guys. But all I really understand about the cold gas thrusters is that it's compressed air. It, like when you see the rockets that are like self-landing, like reorient themselves in midair, they're using cold gas thrusters to push a very heavy rocket in midair to be vertically oriented to like land. And I'm pretty sure when International Space Station astronauts are doing like spacewalks, they have like little cold gas thrusters to like psh, psh, to like move around. I think that's what that is. <laughs> I mean, like without knowing anything about it, if I'm judging the size of a cold air thruster that moves a rocket ship versus the size of a cold air thruster that moves a person in space with no gravity. Yeah. We're talking very different sizes and something to move a car that can already do zero to 60 in two seconds like how yeah i don't know the sizing of it but also in 2017 he said there will be 10 of them seamlessly put around the car yeah i have no idea like what what does that entail there's not a ton of space in the model s like batteries are already taking up a lot of space in evs where are these thrusters going to be what do they look like how big are they how are they powered have you seen, they're called uh, reaction control systems in space talk. And have you seen what they look like on like the old school NASA spaceships? No. They're like these, here, I'll put a picture in the Slack. They're like these borderline like Susian horns on. I, oh. <laughs> Susian? Dr. Like Dr. Seuss. Seuss. Oh. And my thing is like the weight, right? Power to weight. That's, that's a real thing. And so I've done some just basic rudimentary math comparing this to other cars that also have like very high or very low zero to 60. So oh, 911 okay. turbo with lightweight package that's 640 horsepower does like a 2.1 zero to 60. <laughs> Miles that's coming with receipts. 0. 0.18 <laughs> horsepowers per pound. Remax okay. Nevera, 1800 horsepower, 1.8 zero to 60, 0. 0.35 uh, horsepower per pound. SF90XX, that's 1.9 seconds, 0 to 60. That's like 1,015 horsepower. Yeah. That's uh, 0.267 horsepower per pound. And then the fastest 0 to 60 ever recorded is the McMurtry Sperling. That's yes. a 1.4 seconds, 0 to 60. And that has a 0.45 horsepower per pound. So this is going to have to be like an all-wheel drive car. I'm not sure if we're going to have tri-motors or quad motors but that's going to add more weight and if you actually want to have realistic range because a lot of cars in these segments will have like realistically like 50 to 100 miles of real range if you're actually getting on it so this car will probably have to have somewhere around 3000 horsepower and weigh <laughs> under 4000 pounds to Hell yeah, theoretically achieve somewhere close to a one second zero to 60 or less so here's a wrench to throw in this the McMurtry that you mentioned does have a bit of a trick, which is it the has horse, a fan. Downforce fan, yeah. So it is. it has a fan underneath the car that sucks it down towards the ground to give the tires more grip than they would if it was just the regular weight of the car. It's possible that you could put thrusters on top of the car, pushing it down to give it a similar effect. So maybe you don't need as much horsepower if you're pushing the car down to give it more grip. Maybe. But then, then again, the Sperling is not road legal. Not at even close. All. Yeah. Not even close. They're, they said they're going to make a road legal version, but I haven't seen that yet. So. And it won't be as fast, though. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah, this is this is the thing about electric cars now is the thing that they can all do is give you a lot of power and they will all be heavy. So the thing about, you know, the EV6 GT and the Model S Plaid and the Roadster and whatever other fast EVs come out, the Nevera, is they have really powerful motors. And in order to give those motors all of the power that they need, they need a big battery. So, yeah, I feel like if a car is able to achieve all of this, it by default with today's technology has to be heavy. And that's a bit concerning for the rest of the dynamics of the car. But I don't know, maybe all they're after is the headline and the party trick. He does never say this is a street legal car, does he? I guess that's not implied. Yeah. Is it? I mean, I assumed the, the Roadster, you would have to tell people by now if they're buying a non-street legal car. So I feel like this is implied it will be street legal. But I, I mean, they don't know. In that sense, people seven years ago put down very big deposits for a car that now they're saying is being completely radically redesigned. Yeah. So it seems like they don't give a shit what they told people <laughs> like a while ago. Like, do you, we're, do you remember the math of how much people would, how much people paid? Oh yeah, and if you invested it in it's Tesla's stock by itself, yeah. There's there's two versions of the Roadster. There's the regular Roadster deposit, which you have given Tesla fifty thousand dollars that you're never getting back. There's also the Founders Edition, which is one of the first thousand, which allegedly will have like all the options in the SpaceX package, in which case you gave Tesla $250,000 seven years ago that you're never getting back. So I hope... Unless you didn't know this. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you this had is... invested that money in Tesla stock, you could have bought a very cool car. You could have bought like six, six Fisker Oceans. <laughs> yeah, you could be rolling in the deep if you know what I'm saying. But, you know, people did actually buy that car or put the money down for the $250,000 Roadster. So, I, you know, I'm sure there was something in the order agreement, which is like this car may change by the time it comes out. I'm or sure, whatever. yeah. But, yeah, that that's just kind of... When he says the end of this year, I, I fully expect that it's not happening so by he the said end of this year. unveiled the end of this year, shipping next year, right? Which is funny because they already unveiled this car seven years ago. <laughs> Unveil part two. Yeah. Unveil the real thing. Trust me, bro. <laughs> so this will be... What do they... Do they have another event? And they're like, all right... Here it is again, for real this time. I know we said it would be coming out a while ago, but like here it actually is. That's and what the I wait thought begins. this was when you posted it in Slack. I came in this morning. I was telling Miles like, "Oh, what's the event going to be like?" And he's like, "No, no, that was just Elon drunk tweeting." Yeah. <laughs> do Do you think, like, if you had to put money on it, or mm. bet something that really meant to you that if you think you're getting your free roadster, do you? What would you bet? I would say eventually, yes. You think you're eventually think going to get the free soon. roadster? Yeah. I just will throw... Here's the <laughs> thing about... I was telling you this before about Tesla. Tesla is one of the few companies, with the exception of the roadster, that when they unveil a car, they almost always actually ship the design that they promise people. Pretty close. I think people would argue like... Close enough. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously like there's like mirrors and like little mm -hmm. handles and things like that. But like when you see a concept car from another company, like the original Mission E from Porsche versus the Taycan, like there is big changes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the that's the knock of a lot of concept cars is we're never going to see this on the streets. And when Tesla unveils a car, minus all the specs, those change a lot. But the design of the car actually ends up on the street. Cybertruck being the most recent, most absurd example. So Roadster is like this like albatross around their neck where it's like it doesn't make any sense to ship this. It's an expensive, impractical car that won't have high volume, but it would be sick and it would be the halo car effect 
for EVs in general? Because no one can afford a $2 million Rimax, but maybe there's a couple of roadsters on the road and that makes Tesla look cool. Do you think with this radical redesign, it'll cost more? I have no idea. I think, I think yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. If they're actually going to throw this SpaceX tech into the car like truly i think it i think it has to be which is why i'm skeptical as to whether well, you're actually I guess we gonna get a free roadster now be like oh you get a roadster for like 100k now interesting well, yeah i guess there's a lot of questions that surround that number one is this will be an option on the car right yeah, this will be something so. you can get or can decide not to get two is if i gave you two hundred fifty thousand dollars seven years ago I should just get the car, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but then also, like, what did that R&D look like between then and now? Like, how much have they spent? I don't really know. And how many other roadsters will be bought to, like, make Tesla money? Also, maintenance. Are they just going to have to hire SpaceX employees to work at every <laughs> Tesla dealership? That's Some guy point. shows up and he's like, my my eighth thruster went out, bro. <laughs> like, it's, it's done. There's a bird flew in. Yeah, hey, hold up. We got to fly in a rocket scientist real quick. That's a great. That's a great question. As if getting your Tesla didn't take fix take long enough already. Yeah. This is gonna add a little bit to it. Also um, noise. This will be a loud car. Yeah, rockets it, aren't quiet. Yeah, like a, a jet engine at full thrust is over 120 decibels. Yeah. That's a jet engine. Yeah, is that the same as cold air? See, I don't know enough about exactly I rocket engines. I can't imagine, yeah. it's, I can't imagine it's quiet. I don't, yeah, it's not going to be quiet. Not that people, you know, the thing about sports cars is they're not quiet, so maybe that's not a problem. But no, but there are laws that have certain decibel levels of what a car can be. Especially true. in California, they they crack down on that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of loud cars that maybe if it's ship. so loud and it breaks the decibel meter then they can't get you because you know they think? can't see what the number was. I'm realizing, I think I just need to read more on the laws of what can be street legal and whether or not you can bend it. Because there are lots of little things, like like you're talking about the noise levels. Mm -hmm. Okay, if I just drive around the car like normal without the thrusters on, then it's quiet enough to mm -hmm. pass. But it has a feature that might be too loud. So that does that feature being not road legal means you can't use the feature on the road or you can't use the car on the road. You can period. only use it 500 times. Yeah. In I'm just I don't know if I think a one one non street legal feature makes the entire car not street legal. That's actually true because the Bugatti Chiron Super Sport 300 plus or whatever, that's a 300 mile an hour car, but you can only go 300 miles an hour if you have someone from Bugatti basically unlock that feature for you. You couldn't just go down Fairfax and right. hit 300 miles an hour. Right. So if this car has a crazy SpaceX booster package that you can only unlock in certain perfect situations when the steering wheel is facing zero degrees true north on a certain road, is that cool to ship to everyone, I guess? I don't know. Honestly, probably. Hmm. It's terrifying, but probably. I mean, and then if you get caught using it. That would be the cool version of Fisker's 500 like boost limit. If I could only do a sub one second zero to 60 in my roadster like 500 times i'm cool with that because that's actually like that's absurd. actually insane yeah <laughs> you know yeah i think what he, i think what elon says when he means this is probably the coolest tech demo is that's when you get to use this feature is it's like when you're at a drag strip or something then you get to unlock it with a special mode and this is when you can do your cool like viral video dance of like look my car jumps and flies and goes <laughs> zero to 60 in one second it's weird because it's just like the the best case scenario for this feels like 
a month's worth of YouTube videos and then no one ever cares about it again. Hey, that's that's a lot of promo. That's a lot Fair. of PR. Yeah, right over there. You're just fawning over the new roadster. <laughs> at the yeah, test. right. I was curious. Did he mention whether you would like pull up to a cold air station and get a new tank, or are they going to put an air compressor that just annihilates the battery? I think a lot of air compressors. Oh, there's air all yeah. over the place. But like, no, like an air compressor in the <laughs> car. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You need. So I think. I think this has been detailed slightly on Twitter, which the details are fuzzy to me. But they said something about like the back seats of this package will be because the, the roadster has mm-hmm. back seats we'll right. replace that with the compressors and the cold air canisters and all that uh, i didn't know this was a, a two plus two it is a two plus two but with this package it would be two seats and then behind you is a ton of compressed air maybe and some compressors yeah it's but this is all just that's the thing is none of this is on twitter's website this is just elon twitter so which is not know. real. We can only we can only go official based on what's on tesla.com, but there is a ton of other details and random things that have been said on Elon's Twitter and we I don't know what part of that will make it to reality and to the website and to the car that ships. No clue. Yeah. I guess my my final question is let's say it's road legal. There's a version you can buy and drive on the road that's capable of a sub 1 second 0 to 60. <laughs> It's quick, it looks nice, range is acceptable for, I guess, something that's capable of this, let's say around like 200 miles, right? (laughs) Which is EV6 GT range. Is Is this something you would wanna buy and keep in your your stable? You know, a lot of people have a fun car. That's a totally impractical summer weekend fun car. And that seems pretty fun. (laughs) I don't, I, I did put in, like I have a deposit down for an actual order, but I also have sitting in my Tesla.com account, we'll put it on the screen, a Founders Edition referral reward or whatever it's called. So whatever happens to that, I don't know, but that seems like it would be really fun. I don't know how long it'll be fun, but zero to 60 in one second doesn't feel like it would get old very fast. What comes first, that Roadster or Lane gets her driver's license? How old do you have to, 16 years or something? <laughs> I'll go bold. I'll go roadster. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bold answer. That's the bold answer. <laughs> okay, I got a question for you guys. Uh-huh. He said this was the coolest tech demo, right? Which mm. makes me think he just saw the tech demo and was hyped and started tweeting about it. What do you think the tech demo is? Because looking at a car go zero to 60, I feel like is not that cool as so, a spectator. So the thing that Tesla does at every single one of their events when they unveil a new car is they go take people out for a brief drive in it. Mm-hmm. And watching people ride along in a Cybertruck is like not that exciting. But every person that got in the Cybertruck and did the two second like pull down the back straight of Hawthorne was like, they got back and they were like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I think the tech demo for this car, I don't think they've actually done it in person yet, but I think they did the napkin math and they were like, yeah, if we put two thrusters here, two here and two here, it could jump and fly and do zero to 60 in one second. And feeling that from the inside of the car is the coolest tech thing anyone's ever experienced. Well, what about from outside of the car? Like on a live stream, how are they gonna demo this cool I tech still think demo? it's cool. It's just gonna be YouTube videos. Do you okay. remember Ellis's face? Yeah, I, I was gonna say the <laughs> Nevera video. No, but that's yeah. what I mean. Like you need to be one of the people physically in the car to experience these things. There's a lot of YouTube videos of reactions. Remember when they first started coming out and there's launch reactions of like uh-huh. ludicrous mode? Like those videos went viral. Like those those blew up back in like 2015, 2016 because it was like this crazy new thing. And you're like, I wonder what that feels like. A roller coaster? 
with a steering wheel. Is there anything out there that could be used as a basis of comparison to show how insane the sub one second zero to 60 is like in a tech demo uh, that new red bull drone well no one can feel that i was gonna no say a roller coaster, like an actual roller coaster like the fastest roller coaster that just launches from zero i think there's got to be like a one and a half second roller coaster i think it might his idea of the coolest tech demo might just be the the roadster taking brief flight not like Probably. actually ascending into the air but like catching maybe like a few seconds of air yeah, which seems like completely useless, yeah. but super cool. And that guy did it in San Francisco already, didn't he? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, with a plaid. Um, and just, I just wanted, I, I was looking at the Reddit thread on the Tesla subreddit, and just if everyone thinks we're haters, or I, I know a lot of people think I'm a Tesla hater, but... Um, I'm a Tesla hater. Okay. <laughs> but this these were the four top comments on the Tesla subreddit at the time of recording this. First one. So in other words, it's delayed again. <laughs> Next one. That's one way to say the design is far from finished and production won't start until 2027 at the earliest. <laughs> then some something's telling me $200,000 is not going to cover it. Bingo! Um, Let's go! And then do those goals include making a version that will be sold to customers? Ah! So it seems like even the Tesla subreddit isn't really I think completely sold have, on these tweets. I think a lot of people have given up on the Roadster, very fairly. Yeah. It's been a long time. And uh, yeah, I think it's pretty irrational to expect it to come out anytime soon. 2030. That's a, that's six more years. <laughs> Yang Wang. And what would you bet? Two will be <laughs> well, 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 Nevera Type 3. What, before or after 2030? Hmm. Based on what I know... Because that's the thing. Do you know something we don't know? No, no. <laughs> that's, a, that's the thing is all I know is what we just keep getting on Twitter, mm -hmm. which is they've improved it. Also, here's the other thing, and I want to ask someone at Tesla this. How much of the Roadster promises were based on assumptions about improvements in technology based on a currently available tech? Like when they showed the Roadster in 2017, some people don't remember this, it said it would have a 600 mile range. It also said it would have a 200 kilowatt hour battery. They said that on stage. With today's tech, that's a 6,000 pound Easily. battery. <laughs> Easily. Just <laughs> the battery. To, close to seven. So is that assuming an improvement in technology that would make that only a 3,000 pound battery? Or did they plan on shipping a 7,000 pound sports car? The Plaid is over a hundred, right? The Plaid is a, is a 90, it's a hundred ish kilowatt hour battery. And that car is like 4,800 pounds. Yes. So you could nearly. So they were gonna ship a 200 kilowatt hour battery. So when Tesla says these things, are they saying, mm, I think by a certain point, if we're gonna ship this car by 2020, with these new battery types and this new cooling that we're planning and with enough advancement sufficiently, we'll be able to ship this reasonably with 200 kilowatt hours and normal weight. Or did they go, yeah, we'll ship it with today's tech. I what just is, feel like there has to be some consideration for the future. What is normal weight for a Roadster? For Not like 6,000 pounds. For a sports car. I mean, the Rimats I mean, weighs more than the Plaid. It does, but, but it also has quad motors. Yeah, and it's a, it's a suspension miracle and like it's a $2 million car, but... A yeah. Civic is what, like 3,000 pounds? And I only know that because of comparing it to the Hummer EV's battery. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is like 3,000 pounds. So when you ask me 2030 and all I have to go by is they just changed the goalposts, I need to know if they're basing it on today's <laughs> tech or if they're going, I think by next year we could probably improve this, that, and the other, and maybe. 
didn't they say the Cybertruck was supposed to be five or six hundred in its like they did yeah form they miss on yeah. specs a lot they ship the design but they miss on specs so it's late with a design you love with a different set of specs let's change the love part well <laughs> some Cybertruck people <laughs> love the we went to Wawa yesterday and some guy was like man looks so much better in person really yeah there's someone parked outside looking at it probably every time i go to the kitchen yeah i turned sentry mode on just because i want to see, see people, people looking and at literally it. in the last two days there was like seven or eight different clips of people like taking pictures poking it looking inside it like they it's whatever it whatever you stealing think it, alex's catching. fingerprint off the side yeah of it. that which is still there i do want to say i think it does look better in person compared to it's what striking. i saw online yeah yeah so yeah the question i i still have is what on earth are the specs guys what is the I think they're still trying to figure that out. Yeah. They're I probably think. scrambling now because I don't think anyone expected that tweet to come I think out. That's last what happens night. is Elon yeah. tweets it and the engineers are like, oh, got it. Okay. I guess we're doing it. Just open their task app. It's going to be a long one. Cold, hire SpaceX friends. I was doing some reading on Jalopnik and also using some unit converters. And um, if it, let's assume like the Roadster actually can accelerate to zero to 60 in just like one even second. That's already about 2.7 Gs for a second, which is not like an insane amount of G-force, but it's not nothing. But by the time you start getting sub one second, like even at like 0.86 seconds, you're already now at like five point something Gs, Dang. which if you hold for three or four seconds, the average person like runs the risk of blacking out. Yeah. Um, and any faster than that, the G-forces alone can like break your ribs. Um, oh so, and I'm assuming like the, the SpaceX people know this because, you know, the space part. Um, <laughs> they put people in rockets. Yeah. yeah. So like. I think this is definitely bursts. Is it worth a car going this fast if a person can't be inside of it? No, yeah, it has to be able to have a person. Yeah, inside. right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely it's definitely a burst. Like you can't have rocket-sized tanks on this car. It's got to be small canisters of air and small bursts. Right, but even like if you're approaching like seven Gs for like six seven seconds, you could black out. I think it would be like one second of bursts. I would hope so. Yeah. Do we think that Tesla SpaceX is something they're going to sell? What do you mean? Or is it just going to be a tech demo showing like some of the cool things that they Are do? Are you going to be able to get a SpaceX badge on your Roadster? <laughs> I think they would love to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. If the yeah. tech is in there, that's 100% going to happen. Yeah. I think they're going to I think they're going to try it. Speaking of other cars that are never coming out, uh, <laughs> we have one more car thing we want to talk about, which is a Mark Gurman tweet slash report that Apple has officially canceled their internal car project which we've all so belovedly been calling titan i'm pretty sure we really project titan project yep. titan oh. they're shifting some of the employees to generative ai teams i'm sure some other people are not going to be with the company anymore but for the longest time we were wondering like what does an apple car look like does it charge upside down like what's the deal with an apple car that would have been really interesting to see i put out my hot take on twitter which is oh, i missed that well apple doesn't need to make a car oh, to control yeah. everyone's cars and nine out of ten people just put carplay on the car anyway no matter what car they have so they're fine oh, not yeah. spending trillions of dollars to make a car they air powered the apple car 
Well, air power was announced. Oh, fair. This is just like we've been working for 10 years internally on hundreds of millions of dollars of development on something. This is multi-billion dollar. For sure. I believe that. Wow. Yeah. I like your theory, but I always thought that Apple was doing this just to have another category to get into for more growth. It's true. Plateauing. It's true. I think uh, Neelai from The Verge has put it best. Like when you are a company the size of Apple, the thing you have to do that moves the needle for real for your company is like, I guess we could be a bank. I I guess we could be a financial services. We could be a car company like you. The things you add to to Apple to move the needle have to be gigantic. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, we could theoretically just add being a car company to the list of things that we do buy exxon baby. buy exxon mobile and fire everyone that's exactly what i was thinking apple you could move the needle so far you just saved all this money on research and development what are you going to spend it on buy and shut down exxon mobile for the I'm pr like, yeah, for think the of the keynote sketch you could Dude, do. Think about <laughs> think all about of it. think about all the carbon credits. You would be carbon neutral forever by <laughs> shutting down Exxon Mobil. You just look at their plans for the next ten years, and they're like, "All right, that gone, us heroes." The end. I think Apple's going to be fine regardless. But what I'm most excited to see is like probably five, six years from now, some ex-Apple employee is going to just drop a bunch of like sketches oh. or renders of what this car was supposed to look like. Yeah. And then make that 20 years. Probably with Apple, probably just so he can make sure he's like, he can still live afterwards. And that's when everyone's going to be like, man, what we could have had, it, yeah. it would have been so great. And to be fair, it was super impressive how secretive vision pro was for so long because mm-hmm. when you when they finally announced it like being on that campus and seeing employees like i've been working on this and hiding it from my family for nine years and i'm so excited it's finally coming out and i'm like jesus that's a long time and it didn't leak at all nobody saw i mean it leaked a little bit you saw patents and stuff but like the thing came out as a true surprise and i wonder how much like they've had to hide to keep the car secret like little things have leaked and we've started to name it Project Titan and we knew that they were working on it and spending money and hiring people, but no one's ever seen any sketches or anything like that, which is crazy. Do you think they did any prototypes? They have some version of tried prototype. something, I guess. Oh. Yeah. How far did they get? I'd I don't know how far they got. That. Do they have a clay car somewhere down there underneath Craig's a office? Clay car for sure. I I don't think they probably got to anything driving. Any the, the New York mm-hmm. Times reported that they had been, quote, testing the car on public roads, but like we would have known about that. That's, I was like, that can't be true. Maybe they were testing tech in like other cars, but I mean, something that people do often is like test mules. So Ferrari right. all the time, they'll, you know, they're replacing the 812 and they'll throw the engine and chassis or suspension and like aroma or something. And then so no one can know what it looks like. Yeah. That's possible. But like, what would that go into? I know. Uh, and a few there's like Priuses driving <laughs> <Yeah>. around. <laughs> And people see Priuses around Apple Park and they don't realize it's like some Apple Vision Pro driving Yeah, what does Tim drive? <sighs> Honestly. Black Air Forces. <laughs> <laughs> you think Tim drives? <laughs> yeah, I like, that's a that's a question. What does Tim drive? Tim Cook for listeners. Okay, Wait, I'm going to look this up and then we're going to... Sickest garage ever full of just like manual sports cars and I bet. I mean, the Steve Jobs story was like the opposite where he had like the same Camry SLR. I think he had like a, a silver Mercedes. The old oh, McLaren SLR? No, no, he had a Mer- an SLS possibly black. And it, was, got, it was a pretty nuts... SLS black series? Yeah, it was definitely an AMG SLS. I'm just not... 
Hold on. Let's but apparently story, two like, years ago, he never wanted to put plates on it, so he bought a new one every year, so yeah, he never had to. In California, you don't have to put front plates on your car for like the first two months. There's a grace period, so he just bought a new one Jesus. every yeah, two months. So let me find out what kind of car this is. It might have been a CLS. According to two years ago, he drives a 528i. Tim Cook? Yeah. The, the Volkswagen? Interesting. No, no that's a BMW. 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 Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. Meh. Is that the one with the car key, at least? I have no idea. With, with the iPhone key? No, that was... If that's the picture that you're looking at, that's like a, a four-cylinder just... And those four-cylinder yeah, says he were bad. He owns yeah. a BMW 5 Series and a Porsche Boxster. What okay. I will say is I've seen lots of articles about what cars people own, including about myself, that are super well, wrong. I mean, you have so. that NSX. What are they saying? <laughs> there's a lot of articles that think I have cars that I don't. So I just... I would say that that... I would take that with a grain of salt. I mean... Other than your garage full of Teslas, what other cars do you have? <laughs> the only cars I own are the 911 and the Rivian, just so you know. Is that it? That's it. Oh. That's the only cars I own. But you have a, a Cybertruck on order. I have an order, sure. But there's articles that say crazy things. So He also Tim has Cook. a Roadster on order. That's yeah, also, <laughs> also on order. So I would, yeah, you know, some of these cars may come out someday, but the Apple car definitely won't. Do you have a two-car garage? Yeah. You're going to need a bigger garage. The Cybertruck. things go through. The Cybertruck, because I've been parking Ridge's Cybertruck in the garage, because parking it outside, bad idea. Uh, it is the closest anything's ever come to not fitting in the garage. I have to fold the mirrors in to get in the garage door, and I have to pull up the nose of the truck to, like, three inches from the front, and it closes three inches from the back. So it is Perfect. absolutely snug in the garage. Wait, how do you... How do you get around it? There's there's room to the left and right. I like said the, the door. Thing. No, but Sorry, like if the it's the garage is wide in the door. Yeah, yeah, but so like if you park, what side is the door of your to get inside the house on? There's a door in the garage. Yeah, so but like if you pull into the garage the and the door's to the right, you can't okay. get around it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if like I if you to happen to, to park on the, the garage, left, you couldn't get I around. I have to leave the garage <laughs> and come in a different door. Yes. It's it's that it's that snug. But yeah, awesome. it technically fits, so there you go. It was not the black. It was a standard SL55 AMG tuned. Nice. The Steve Jobs car. That's disappointing. <laughs> Steve Jobs doesn't seem like an AMG black kind of guy. I don't know. I mean, that would the be turtleneck. Wild if it was. Well, I think there's only one thing left to do here. Trivia. <laughs> oh, that confused me. <laughs> I'm doing the long pause, remember? Oh, you got it. All right. In 2017, during the Tesla semi event, hmm. Elon explained how the second generation Tesla Roadster would put gasoline cars to shame. Whoops. Specifically, <laughs> I remember the line he used. He said, driving a gasoline car is going to feel like a steam engine with a side of what egg based dish? I'll just write it now. That's hard to spell. Uh, I feel like you just helped, maybe helped me. Probably. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Do you remember without saying it? But if it's a complicated... Miles was like 12. Dish, <laughs> I was still living with my parents when that announcement was made. 2017? Yeah. I, that was the first Tesla event that I'd gotten invited to that I skipped. I remember I was like, the semi-truck... I, whatever. I don't think I need to go. I think like Vin, Brandon, and I, when we like saw, we we're just like Marquez. 
Because I was at home. I was like, I could have been there. I could have definitely been there. That would have been extra painful to have gone there and still not see the car. Anyway, we'll do the answers at the end like usual. We'll be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, welcome back. We got to talk about Crackgate, because <laughs> apparently that's what it's called. Thanks, Gizmodo. Um, there's a headline that Vision Pro units are cracking down the middle. Now, we originally planned to talk about Vision Pro just as far as like, it's like a month later. How much are we still thinking about yeah. using, you know, analyzing Vision Pro stuff? I just wanted to know how often you're still using it pretty much. So I ha I bought one. I picked it up from the store and my trajectory of using it, like when I was testing it for the review, multiple times a day, every day, lots of usage. And then I would you still be using it every day, but a little bit less every day. Now I don't use it every day anymore. And it's really, there's just not that many apps. Every time I see a new mm -hmm. article about a couple new apps that came out, I would read that and be like, is there something else I can do? Because right now, not a lot. Quick shout out to Jacqueline. Yeah. Who, who did, yeah. <laughs> she used all of the apps. It's like 600 or <laughs> Is that video is out yet? Or I don't know if it's. She started working on it. it I think she's out. working on it. I don't think it's yeah. out quite yet. But can maybe by the time this comes using out. Using all of the apps on iPhone? That's Wild. <laughs> <laughs> I am having 600 apps installed at once would be interesting. I wonder if I, you did, like, she all would have to do it in chunks and then probably delete some. And yeah, because the storage would be interesting. Yeah. And most but, of them are just iPad compatible apps and yeah. not like actual. Vision so the 600, Pro apps, right? the 600 apps are Vision Pro apps. And then the millions of other apps are iPad compatible mm -hmm. apps for Vision Pro. But Crackgate is completely different. <laughs> Com uh, I mean, it just is literally like they've started cracking down the middle. Whoops. <laughs> and I brought, I, we brought ours here in the, because this is our review unit that has been in the studio. That mm -hmm. has also not really been used as much since the review. At, At least it's been touched in like a week or more. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I just want to. We're going to check it. Well, while you open that up, the crack we're talking about is like this perfectly straight crack almost directly down the middle of the unit. And there are multiple pictures online of people doing it, saying they didn't drop it, they're keeping it in the case, and it's just cracking right up the middle. It reminds me of when the Pixel 7 was just like, the lens was just like a perfect circle breaking. It's out. Ours is ours is not cracked. So I'm a that's bummed. unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. you know that would have been a great clip. What ours has had since early, very early, is a, a little micro scratch near the top, because I think if you put this into like, 
like carelessly with the battery and the metal and the stuff that's around this thing, it can just like grab and scrape it. Mm. So you can get little scrapes on it, but we don't have this like telltale like massive crack up the middle, which seems apparently it doesn't affect the sensors, but I feel like that has to a couple of the people that i read about there's a reddit thread on someone who used it who says they only use it while they're in their bed and then they put it in the soft case afterwards and it has not the crack top to bottom but maybe about a quarter of the way up hmm. um and they said it didn't affect any of the uh like sensors or anything so like if that's the case it's not really affecting like- it but if i spent thirty five hundred dollars on this thing and it had a giant crack up the middle by no fault of my own i'd be very upset I think people are going to keep using your cracked. You know how many cracked iPhones people use and just forget the crack exists? If it doesn't affect the Man, usage, it's just... Plus, thanks to Sam Cole, we know that you can destroy the entire outer like <laughs> yeah. glass and it will still work perfectly Yeah, apparently you can, you can just take it off. I feel yeah, like the so. difference of using a cracked iPhone, though, is like not wanting to give up using your phone for a little while while you get a new one or whatever that is, where this is like... People aren't using this as often. They spent way more money on it. Isn't it also- It is two weeks, like a month old, and yep. it's cracking by no fault. Fo- Most people who use a cracked iPhone dropped it and are like, that was my fault. Yeah. I this I have to live with my own problem. It's also $800 to, to fix replace it. the cracked outside glass. Yep. If you have Apple Care, it's 300 Do we think Apple is going to do a recall and do free repairs for this? Well, that's the, so the question will be, why is this happening? If this is happening because there's a flaw of the design, and like this is a contour piece of glass, I think that's why it's probably at least kind of worth considering is this piece of glass is like one piece, but obviously it's got this like pinch point in the middle and it's curved and it's like rounded around the edges. If it's happening because of the design, then there is a reason that they could give everyone a free replacement for cracks. But if it's happening just because a bunch of people happen to put it at the same angle, or if you drop it at just the right angle, Apple will make every excuse for you're holding it wrong. You should not put it in the case Sam like this. Sam Cole dropped it like 20 <laughs> times over his head before it like eventually just completely shattered. Yeah. And it, the line feels like, it seems like too perfect. It's way too perfect. Hmm. I mean, something happened very similar with um, like late 2010s McLarens where everyone was getting their windshield, like the windshield was just cracking out of nowhere because yeah. I guess they were using some sort of like experimental brittle gra- glass for the windshield and they just replaced it for free because McLaren actually has great warranties. That's good. This this is like so perfectly straight that I don't even think it's people doing it on purpose to start something. Like if you wanted to make take a knife and put a scratch straight down the middle, you couldn't do it this straight. It is like right. perfectly is, just shooting straight up the middle. This yeah. is the type of thing that happens with an event, like some stress on it. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, stress due to like weird design. I wonder if you just like... Do we think it, it's heat related potentially? Like temperature is like a great... It is starting from the bottom. And isn't that where a lot of the heat comes out True. from? Heat so comes like, out the top Oh, in from the bottom. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But the bottom is also... Wait, is it starting from the bottom or is it starting The from reason the I would guess starting from the bottom is because some of the photos I'm seeing are only cracked from the bottom. And I haven't seen ones that are only cracked from the top. They may be out there. I may be wrong, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would assume it starts from the bottom. Now it's here. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Yeah, yeah this is... This is weird. I would be really bummed about this if... Again, if I spent this much money on this, 
a month in with no fault of my own. If you had one and you were using it and enjoying it and you got this little crack halfway through the middle but it didn't affect usage, would you just keep using it and not do anything? I would argue like crazy to get it fixed without paying for it. Yeah. And then I probably would still use it because it would be past the return window and there's a difference between needing to like there's nothing I can do anymore, because but I would consider that a bad customer experience for sure. This Gizmodo post says that some people are like speculating that's a possible software bug that causes the Vision Pro to not enter sleep mode, which then leads to run hot and expand the frame and crack at the weak point of the glass. I mean, I believe for sure that this is the weak point of the glass because they're all initiating the crack from the same part. And... If you put the Vision Pro in the case with the battery still attached, it will stay on. It's supposed to sleep, and it doesn't fully turn off, but it's supposed to sleep. I wonder if that is something that could actually happen. It gets really hot in the case. You take it out the next morning, and it's cracked because it was still trying to turn Let's stuff put off. it in the oven and see what happens. <laughs> I think what we should do is just turn it on and then leave it on and just close it. That's what probably what a lot of people are going to do. They'll just... I don't want to do it on purpose, but... Maybe if you're out there and you have a Vision Pro. Tech Rex. Make sure this is off when you put it away. Yeah. Unplug it when you put it away. I get that the middle would be the weak point of the glass, but wouldn't the top be weaker than the bottom? Wouldn't that nice little nose arch actually give you some structural no clue. stability? I mean, I, usually curved glass is just going to be weaker. Weaker. I thought curve. No, 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 no. I don't know if that's true because the the curve at the bottom of a wine bottle, aka the punt for my trivia heads, that is what creates all the structural stability for a wine bottle. And it's the same reason restaurant glasses have the lip compared to home glasses because it gives them a lot. But then, what light. about like the Galaxy Edge phones from back in the day? Those were always more structural. This is also is glass glued to aluminum. Oh, you just turned it on. <laughs> I. And aluminum does have a lot of flex compared to other metals. Yeah. But another thing we should talk about that no one is saying. No one. No one. Not a, not a, <laughs> not a single article. I'm the first. Uh, the crack is right over the LiDAR sensor. It looks slightly to the right of it. Slightly to the right photo. of it? Yeah. It's still on it, though, right? Is that it right there? Yeah, the LiDAR sensor is the one oh, in the center. Oh, that one does look right up the middle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No one's saying it. No one's mm. saying it. So how would LiDAR cause glass to break? I don't know enough about glass or lasers to tell you. Um, Laser sounds dangerous. I bet it could break glass. I don't know what frequencies okay. or how many bands or like what is going on in the Vision Pro LiDAR sensor. But thinking smaller and simpler, maybe the sensor also just gets hot. Yeah. Because it does mm. have a laser. Well, I'm more thinking of it just along the lines of... If if it's over the LiDAR sensor, is it messing up the LiDAR No sensor? one has said so. So No it, one's... Yeah, nothing yeah. I've seen here seems to say anything's wrong with it yeah. or, like, make changes the experience in it. Well, all of this is speculation. I mean, I think we'll probably get an answer soon enough if we keep getting mm -hmm. people... Because remember when, like, the uh, Galaxy Fold started having issues and one person had issues and then three and then seven and then it was like, okay, now Samsung realizes they have to say something. Yeah. We'll see how many people have this cracking issue and if Apple has to say something, then we'll learn. Um, awesome. Nice beep. <laughs> but also, uh, shout out to Joanna Stern's article uh, of Vision Pro... She had a month with Vision Pro at this point, and the headline is in the air, on a train, and in a drawer. 
the three most common places that you will have Vision Pro. Joanna Stern can't miss lately. I know. It's fantastic. It's a great headline. If you are not following Joanna Stern, you need to follow her right now. It's cool. Because she also did a great newsletter about her Apple fine woven case and how poorly it has aged over the six months since it's you been You mean released. how finally it has patinaed. <laughs> <sighs> this thing looks like it's been on the floor of a storage locker for like a decade. It is terrible. And she's not the only one having these issues too. I think we all, when we first felt the fine woven case were like I was not a fan this feels terrible I'm not a fan like suede or but something. it's somehow ages worse than it is from the start uh, 9 to 5 Mac also did an article about that the fine woven cases are junk I think Gruber did a tweet asking if you have one how is it holding up and like 80% of the votes were saying it was terrible so don't buy a fine woven all case. of which would be fine Sorry. if it didn't cost $60 but it's, it does so there's that. Is that the same cost as the original, like before they went fine, fine woven? Well, I think because like, they got rid of leather, leather so yeah, fine. Right. This is the first year of fine woven, but the leather one was, I think, even more expensive, maybe. So it's like it's not a cheap case. You can get a twenty dollars case that will fall apart just like this one. But the fact that this was apples and it's sixty dollars is why I think why people are more mad about. I that. mean, I would be mad if this was a twenty dollars case and this is what it looked like after twenty dollars six months. It's at this point. For 20 bucks, you're getting a case just to protect the phone. Dude, this looks so bad. Like, this looks gross to hold. But it's still protecting the phone. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I, I would get the ick when it's, like, in my hand. Like, I would be like, I, I don't like, want to hold this anymore. I feel right. like there's, like, tiers of how much you spend. Like, if you spend 0 to $18 on a case, it's like, I'm just, it's just so I don't break my phone. And then when you spend, yeah. like, 20 to $50, it's like, I want to protect my phone and kind of like it a little, the way it looks. And if I spend over that, it's because I think I'm going to love this case. I don't disagree with you, but for $20, I can find something that protects my phone and I'm not disgusted to hold in my hand. I think that's a good challenge. Yeah. What's a good challenge? A $20 case? A $20 case that... That's not this gross after six months? Yeah. Oh, I could do that, no problem. Yeah, all the clear ones, like, turn yellow after a little while. They still don't feel like... That's fair. ...that... Do you, that looks disgusting. It does look pretty That bad. looks so gross. It's not a patina at all. That's, not <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. That's a tough look. Speaking of tough looks. Oh, no. Yeah. We got to talk about this, though. Gamers rejoice. <laughs> no, we... Uh, so there's rumors. No, it's more than a rumor at this point. This That picture here is on Asus's website. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Wait, do you want to do you want to say? Yeah, I'll do it. Do you okay, say it. Rip small Zen. Actually, no, I'm not going to fully say that. But yeah, that's all we know is we're definitely okay. getting an 11 Ultra. Yes. So, so ASUS posted the Zenfone 11 Ultra with a teaser of a much bigger looking phone, smaller bezels, different hole punch cutout. So it looks like the Zenfone 11 is most likely going to be a large phone. Not the small phone that we all knew and love, the one that I've used for almost a year at Not this point. Not just a big phone, an ultra. An ultra. Like, an ultra. there are big phones, and then there's the ultra. Like, this, look at... Well, what if the Zenfone Ultra, though, if it's comparing to the Zenfone 10, the ultra of the 10 could be just the size of an S24 Plus? It could be, but I also know what they're competing You're against. Right. You're could, 100% right. What if it's right. ultra small? <laughs> that would be really clever and that confusing. Would, that would be like one of the best marketing, just like flip the scripts. That would be up there with like the Snoop Dogg quitting smoking, and it's really for that fire pit instead. Yeah. Um, that one, great. That I thought that was genius. I don't know why people were upset with that, but um, it kind of looks like we're losing the small Zen phone. Yeah. 
There's nothing confirming that the small one's gone and that maybe this isn't an addition, but there have been zero rumors or leaks about a small one anymore and just some talks about this. Okay. And I think it's gone. How do you feel about that? Me? I feel like maybe I need to not fall in love with my Zenfone anymore and get a new phone instead. I was going to ask, if the Zenfone, the small phone champ, is gone then what does that leave as the next best small phone? Funny you ask. Oh. I've already given up on the Zenfone. <laughs> wow. Here we are. What are um, you holding, Andrew? I want to make sure we got everything on the Zenfone. I think that's pretty much it. It just looks like it's, it's going to be sadness. big. And yeah, it's got a, a center cut hole punch cutout, which I do think will be better because the Zenfone 11 left facing didn't match with the curves. And I hated <laughs> that. It looks like the bezels are smaller, which looks cool. But is this just going to be an R- the ROG phone? As God, the Zen phone looks instead. like it's just an ROG phone. Yeah. yeah. I'll save the obituary for when it's confirmed. Okay. I'm pretty sad. But yes, I moved to the phone that everybody said was also similar to a small phone when we talked about the Zen phone, which is the Galaxy S line smallest version. So this is mm-hmm. the S24. I have it in this orange color, which looks fantastic. How do you feel? Okay. Uh, the more I look at it, the more it's it's growing on me, but it's more, okay. it's like bronze. You didn't love it at first. At first, because you said orange, so I, I had a picture in my mind of what's orange is, and then you showed me that, and I was like, that's not I orange. I the actual sunset, I think. That's closer. I'd say it's, it's bronze. It's bronze. It almost feels like leather color. From a, from <laughs> yeah. a distance, it's like brown leather. Um, sorry, I'm trying to figure out the actual name Can of leather. it. Um, but Stem player. Stem play. <laughs> flesh, we call it. <laughs> Cut that. Um, but but I got this yesterday, actually. So I've been using it for 24 hours now. Full review. Full review. First thing I want to say to everyone that told us, oh, the Zen phone's so small, but the S24 is just as small as it. This phone feels quite a bit bigger than the Zen phone. Mm. I love it. I think the size is still great. I wanted to make sure I stayed with something smaller because when I was using the Zen phone and I tried to go back to the Pixel, even just the Pixel 8 felt gigantic and I didn't like it anymore. So I'm pumped about this. Wait, the color is sandstone orange. Sandstone. I feel like sand does a lot of lifting there. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Sunset yeah. would make more sense. But I'm enjoying it so far. Um, one, Let's see. Things I like about it. Uh, the camera's solid. I love the feel of it. I do like the color. I like having three cameras. I think the thing I like the most is the fingerprint sensor. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. that ultrasonic fingerprint I reader. thought for so long, a fingerprint sensor on the side before I used one was the move to go if it wasn't a good in-screen. And after using the Zenfone for almost a year, and then when you have it laying on the table and you can't touch it correctly or you have to do it very awkwardly, I'm like, this isn't it. And then coming to this, when the only in-display I've used is the Pixel, which isn't great. Optical. This is fantastic. I love this fingerprint sensor. It's fast. Um, yeah, it feels really good. So I am really enjoying it so far. We'll see how long I stick with One UI. That's that's what it's called, right? It is One UI now, yeah. Okay. The artist formerly known as Touch, Touch Wiz. Wiz. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good old um, days, man. Yeah. Might have to go Nova Launcher at some point, which is funny because we talked about Nova Launcher a few weeks ago, and I think they replied to us on Twitter that mm-hmm. they're still around. <clears throat> I might have to bring it on to this because I don't love some of the layout. And the, the buttons look terrible in I think one that's, UI. That's but. the single best improvement you can do to that phone. It's reminding me of my Note 8 days, which like to me Note is eight. like my peak smartphone days. Yeah. So yeah. what's so is that your least favorite thing about it? The software just the general like just the software one look. UI aesthetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that it works poorly. I just don't. It's it just not always as clean. felt like a layer. 
yeah. like a cartoonish, like colorful, slightly on. Actually, how close is it to your laptop skin? Oh, on nowhere camera. close. Not even close. <laughs> Maybe on camera at an angle with the light blaring on it, kind of close, but no, not even remotely. I almost bought that skin because of this, so now I'm glad I. What color I is that? Salmon. This is sunset red, I think. Mm, a lot of sunset colors. I saw a sunset the other day though. It was like it had purple in it too. You could just say sunset for like any number of colors, yeah. I guess. <laughs> sunset black. Yeah. <laughs> sunset <laughs> dark brown, dark blue. That's post sunset. <laughs> um, but yeah. I just want to make sure I said everything about this, but I think that's everything I like about this. I am really pumped. I haven't used, I used to, when smartphones came out, I was only using Samsung until I went to Pixel, and now the circle is complete. Oh, do you know what one reason I also picked this? Why? Because I'm buying the dbrand case that has the MagSafe, Uh and somehow, as an Android user who won't use an iPhone, MagSafe is becoming a non-negotiable for me. MagSafe is goaded for a car mount. It's for a car mount for the the wireless charger by my bed to make sure it is always actually on it and I don't wake up with the like semi knocked off phone charging. It happens to the best of us. I know it's just a stupid magnet, but it is it is completely a non negotiable for me now. Yeah. And that means I have to buy phones that have cases that have it, or like my Zen phone, buy a stupid sticker that goes on the back of the phone and that's how I use it. I do feel you there. Yeah. I've woken up with uh a trickle charge, a very disappointing lack of battery before. Yeah. And I always go, hmm, I wonder if this had Qi 2, if I'd be a happier person. Can't wait the for worst is when that happens and you're like, oh, I got to go to the airport now. And you have like 20%. <laughs> oh, I just cancel my flight. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to make it. That's There's nothing I can once. do. Brutal. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good time to take a quick break. We've got one last section to talk about. But before we get there, we should do. What should we do? Trivia. Hey, trivia, dude. Which, by the way, Andrew, people were mad at you last week for not going trivia, dude. So for, for all David, those people, I never there said, it is. I don't, that's, yeah, that's David. Thing. I know, but then I do it now because oh, David you started were, doing it. But mm. then when we switched, you didn't do it. Someone, someone on I'm the side has to do it, apparently. Yeah. That's the rule. <laughs> anyway, so a little bit ago, we were talking about SpaceX and space thrusters and space stuffs and all that. But another important space event happened last week on February 22nd. Mm-hmm. Intuitive Machines, a private company from Houston, actually landed on the moon. What was the name of the lander? Something landed on the moon? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probe. We got a probe on the moon right now. Oh. First American moon landing in like decades. Ever. First one outside <laughs> of the set. <laughs> 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 Demonetized. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the name of it. Oh. I don't even know what that. The name. You of could have the said. Probe. You could have said landed on February twenty second. True or false? And I would have had a fifty percent chance of getting it right. Damn. I'll have to brainstorm on that one a little bit. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it, because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. 
With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, welcome back to the last section of the Waveform podcast. As you know, we, we talk cars all the time, and we've already talked about cars, but this last section is specifically for uh, the, the autofocus video that we put out pretty recently uh, on the Fisker Ocean. This is already the most viewed autofocus video ever. Yes, Whoops. that is I correct. did not expect that, although it was a pretty interesting vehicle, and I think one of the things that came out of that video being so broadly viewed is we got all of the responses. We got the people who are, you know, agreeing, disagreeing, amazed by the car. We got owners replying to it. We got investors of the company that makes the car replying to it, just like everyone coming out of the woodwork and all sorts of replies. I thought it would be interesting or at least fun to shed some light on like the story of how that happened. Yeah. And also some of the responses that are... Uh, Surprising to say the least, but we can at least jump into that too. Mm -hmm. So first of all, a lot of people have never heard of the Fisker Ocean. Uh, we'd first gotten the idea to try to review the Fisker Ocean, which is a fully electric four-door crossover SUV type thing, because we all started seeing one well, around. If you want to go a step back on the podcast, I made fun of Fisker for not thinking it was a real company anymore. Oh, yeah. Got, had someone reply to me telling me that they were a real company and they're shipping. And then I like made a correction on the podcast yeah. saying it was because then I found more into it. It does have that confusing past of like, there's Fisker Inc. and Fisker Automotive, I think. And Fisker has had a long storied history. Yeah. Uh, and so in the video, Mark has said that Fisker is a new company, but that just means this version of this Fisker. version Fisker. of Fisker. Yeah. So yeah. Henrik Fisker is renowned automotive designer. He's designed amazing cars. I believe he was involved with the BMW X5 design, the Aston Martin Vantage, the BMW Z8, like iconic designs. And then he decided to do his own thing. And then there was the Karma. And Little known fact, we shot a Karma. A long time ago. Never released Never turned it, into a yeah. video, but we have seat time in a Karma, and that thing looked like a mustache on wheels. It was, it was great. It was an interesting car, yeah. It was a very interesting car. But long story short, we decide, okay, like, again, a lot of people don't know how we get cars to review, but we'll often reach out either to the car company or the PR who works for the car company to see if we can get a car for a week, however long it takes to live with the car, really learn it inside and out, and make a video about it. And so we, we keep seeing this Fisker, we're like, I think, I think we're all seeing the same one, but at least they're on the road and they're like out there in, mm -hmm. in the real world and people are buying these things. We should try to get one and review it. This is like an interesting new vehicle. It's fully electric. Maybe there's some tech in it. So we try to check it out. First thing that, well, one of the earliest things that happens is we do get in touch with Fisker and Fisker's first reply is how much will that cost? Now, yeah. That was... Kind of a red flag. We bit. We bit of a red flag. A little bit of a red flag. It is. To be fair, 
almost every car company, if not probably company, is going to ask for a fee at some point. Because like they would always prefer to pay you for As something. As someone who's worked with nearly every automotive brand still producing a car in existence, that is the first time someone has come out of the gate asking for how much does this cost. All right. Well, yeah. the, the first time, I didn't think it was super red flag. I may be foreshadowing to a second time when they <laughs> asked that question, the same person after we already declined. But yeah. yeah. So we declined that. We're like, we don't want to do any like paid sponsored coverage or whatever. We literally just want to see if you guys could give a car to loan for us to review it and then give it back, like normal editorial coverage. Uh, and they were like, hmm, okay. Well, we'll work on that. And then soon, they said soon, soon we'll work mm -hmm. on that. And then we kind of stopped hearing from them. And so we decided to see if there are any other ways that we could get a, our hands on the Fisker Ocean. We talked to them four different times. And each time was for some sort of event or something. And it was between multiple people here. Oh, right. They kept asking. But they, they wanted you to go to like an event or something. And we just kept saying, we prefer to see the cars in New Jersey where we get to live for it for a while. When can we get a loaner car? And four different times they said soon. That's what, And that's when we get to the point where all of us are seeing them all the yeah. time. We think somebody around our building owns one because we're seeing it two, three, four times a week. Yeah, on our way to the studio. Yeah. Like, I see another one. And we're like yeah. in the Slack. Like, I found Is that the same here. one? Yeah. Um, Might be, yeah. So, so eventually we go, oh, well, actually there's one at, you found this at. Uh, I went on car gurus and there was like three within the tri-state area. One of them was at uh, JNS Mitsubishi just like 40 miles away and they had one that had been sitting for 90 days when I found it. Yeah. Reached out. They were super willing to let us have at it because it had clearly not had a lot of interest from a purchasing standpoint and then we got our hands on it and that's when Fisker then was able to like reach out to us and wanted to talk to me on the phone and then tried to discuss other ways to get us into a Fisker yeah. car. And that was a at that point, it was a PR person, not correct. straight from Fisker. Previously, right. we were just talking to Fisker. That was someone from PR. Fisker um, was involved in the email chain. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the per primary person I was talking to was not working directly for Fisker, but there were people working directly yeah. for Fisker in that email chain. So mm -hmm. they saw what was going on. Yeah. So they were trying to go, oh, mm, don't review that car. Let's let us get you a car and review it. But again, we'd been trying to do that for a while, and we we're like, "Well, we have the car now, and the car is real, and here's one of them. So this is the one we're going to live with." Yeah. So then you guys get to the part where you've seen in the video where, uh, or maybe you haven't seen it, but bit of a nightmare, <laughs> a bit of a, a bit of an unfortunate car to live with, and I live with it for a little while, and I actually, during the time I'm using the car, and there's all sorts of bugs and issues that I'm having with it, I'm also we're hearing from Fisker about them going, well. There's a huge update coming. It's 2.0. And it it's not an over-the-air update, so what we're going to have to do is like get some technicians flown out to you, and it's like a multi-part, several-hour disassembly, reassembly process. And we might not be able to do that for a while. And I'd had the car for a couple days at this point and was like putting my thoughts together, and I was like, look, my policy, and you've heard me say this before with smartphones and with all sorts of other stuff we review, is I review the thing as it exists in the real world, which if someone literally goes to that Mitsubishi dealership and buys a car, that's what they get. So not everybody goes to the dealership, people go to other means to get cars, but that's a real product that exists. And I do not review products based on the promise of future software updates. Rewind 45 minutes to hear us talking about promise of the, of the future that might not happen, right? We don't know if it's gonna happen or not. So I review the car as it exists uh, with the software that's on it, with the features as they exist, 
all sorts of things are broken, buggy, and honestly annoying to live with. And the fact is, it is the worst car I've ever reviewed. People were like confused by the title or thought it was clickbait when it is actually genuinely out yeah. of the like 50, 40 cars I've reviewed so far. If, if is the worst one. You think that's an incorrect title? Watch all of the videos and tell us which one is yeah, worse. Yeah, let me know which one's worse that I've know. reviewed because yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And I think a lot of people took that as this is the worst car ever. No, no. it's the worst car I've ever reviewed. Um, long story short, that is the summary of my time with it. And that gets blown up. A lot of people see this video and then all of the different perspectives come out on what they think happened or what they thought went into that video, which many of which were a little bit misinformed. I Can I say? step in really quick? One Definitely. more thing. So they did respond and say that they wanted to send the technician out. They first wanted the not a, to do it. Ugh. They first wanted us to not do that car at all. Wait for 2.0. Then one right. of the times they called, Miles said we had the car already well, and we were working on the video. Technically what happened is when I first made them aware of the fact that we had found a car through another channel, they then told us that okay, well, there's this update that's coming around the same time you should be getting the car if you said next week, mm -hmm. and we should try to get you that update. And I'm like, okay, cool, Great. just keep me posted. And then the week comes, and then they're like, hold off. Wait until we can either get you an update, and technically the update is an OTA, but he said something about it coming in three different stages. It wasn't just gonna be like, oh, you go into your software, hit the update, it updates, reboots, and then you're done it either comes in three different stages or what he suggested was the faster alternative was to send out a technician to come install the update, which he said took four to five hours to install. There was no option for us to over there update on that. Correct. We yeah. looked in the, the settings. There was nothing yeah. that said we could Believe me, over there Believe me, living with that car, I was dying for an over there <laughs> update yeah. and then there were none available. So, yeah. and then he said that the technician would come out on Tuesday the week after we had it. Monday it was, or Tuesday, either way. we gave it back on Monday. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we'd already spent the time with the car the whole week, living with it, reviewing it. And again, software update could be amazing and could fix a lot of the things. And I actually wrote down some of the things that could be fixed and some of the things <laughs> that couldn't be fixed. But that goes out and there's this whole reaction. I What I really enjoyed actually is sometimes I review these cars and the owners of the cars will actually come out and go, oh, my experience matches this. Like the EV9 came right after it and the same thing happened. Like EV9 owners popped up in the comments like, yo, I also love this about the car. One other thing you might not even recognize, here's a feature I found, like cool stuff like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of Fisker owners came out and said like, I'm glad you said this because there's a lot of things I really don't like about this car. And it turns out a lot of people have had the same experience. Key fob. Key fob Being is number tough. one, it feels like. Key yeah. fob is tough. Um, and a lot of the things, again, being either firmware or software related, like just felt really strange that that would ever ship and not be considered, like that seems not okay for a $60,000 yeah. car, but it's out there. Um, what I also found interesting was a lot of people view uh, videos about products specifically through the lens of investing. Like that's what they focus on is the stock price of the company, how this affects the future. If you say bad things about the product, it's FUD. If you say good things about the product, it's because you want the stock price to go up. You sorry, to, it's what? It's, it's F-U-D. <laughs> you had to teach me what this meant yeah, this Yeah, this week. is a term you'll see with people with stock prices in their bios. Where which have is, you been for the last five years? Yeah, I fun. don't, I own Fudding. zero stocks or anything. It stands anything. for fear. 
uncertainty and doubt. That sounds like they had that in mind and reverse engineered a weird acronym for it. Yeah. A backronym. <laughs> but it, it's, it speaks to like, oh, this person is saying these bad things to spread this information to make the price go down because they don't want this because they shorted it or something uh, like that. Because if you view everything through the lens of investing, that's what it looks like. Uh, so just to be perfectly clear, I don't personally own any stocks in any companies we cover, never have and never will. And number two, Fisker offered to pay us and we declined Twice. and we've never taken money from any of the car companies in any of these videos. So this is purely my experience with the car and people were like, mm, seems like Tesla paid him to say this or something, somebody motive or, or he no, no. owns or he short, they, they think I shorted Fisker no, stock. No, my favorite was that... Um, People say that Elon owns AI.com, and since AI.com <laughs> redirected to our Sora video, it means that Elon probably is paying you to make a bad Fisker video. Here's my, that response. Was, my response to that. Ready? I have no idea who owns AI.com. <laughs> I think it's really weird that it redirects my video, I, but I didn't do that, so somebody did that. There's some articles that suggest Elon owns it. They're all suggestions. Nobody seems to know who also, owns it. Also, Elon has his own AI. Why would he redirect it to your video oh, about, about OpenAI? Yeah, Very good no question. <laughs> Does someone from OpenAI own that? I don't know. Whatever. It's a video. It links to that. No clue. Um, and yeah, nobody paid us for any of the things that we said in that video and never will. And yeah, I don't own or frankly care about the stock prices of any of the companies whose products I review. If I say something good about a product, it's because it's a good thing about the product. If I say something bad about the product, yeah, it's bad. I would argue more people are going to lose money if they buy a review that's too optimistic and then they hate it. Like that's a, the one we use is a $70,000 car. Mm -hmm. Like that would be awful to spend that and not enjoy it. Listen, there are people out there. There were, I appreciated all the owners who made videos who said maybe they had a different experience. There's one specifically who opened with the greatest line I've heard in any YouTube review video, which was a lot of people watch reviews not for information, but for affirmation. Bars. Oh my I, God, it was, a bar. It was perfect. <laughs> Despite him then disagreeing with every single thing about our video yeah. afterwards but bravo but that's a fact in reviews <laughs> it is 100 percent a fact it is the greatest way i've ever heard anybody describe people who view yeah. review videos especially because if you if you already spent that because this is the thing about phone reviews a lot of people feel like a smartphone is the most personal choice and mm -hmm. if you make a smartphone purchase decision that's the thing you carry everywhere with you if someone says that was a bad choice it feels like it's insulting me and it's not, it's the product, but like that is how people feel going into reviews of things yeah. they already are invested in. So that definitely plays into it. Um, I will say, just to give benefit of the doubt, I would love to get our still get our hands on a Fisker Ocean with the newest 2.0 software update, which I don't think very many owners actually have yet. It seems like they have a hard time getting a hold of a tech and getting this update. For the people watching this, the maybe find this clip, but don't know us, we record on Wednesdays. This comes out on Friday. Sure. According to some of the forums I read this morning, it seems like some people have got an email saying to get ready to download it. So it may be out by the time this video comes out. But as we're recording it, I don't know anyone. As of right now, update. it's really hard to get. A car that. wow is like the only video with a 2.0 car, I think. Yeah. So again, I'm I'm happy to take a look at it, and if it fixes a lot of things. That's worth an update, and I think that's really cool. But I'll just give you a quick list of things that I think could be fixed by software that I talked about in this video and that couldn't. Keep in mind, this is a new 2024 high-tech 
EV. That's fifty thousand plus dollars. I think the one we did was twenty twenty three, right? Okay, twenty twenty three car. Think of think of a making new car. sure we're perfect on. Think everything of if, here. think of if you would accept any of these things in a new car. Okay, first of all, uneven regenerative braking. So when you take your foot off the accelerator in a lot of EVs, you get this regen. The regen, I didn't even mention this in the video, in the Fisker Ocean was not smooth. It wasn't linear. If I took my foot off the pedal, it would hard brake regen. And then as it approached like five to 10 miles an hour, it would basically just coast, which makes it a little bit unpredictable to like one pedal drive. You can't one pedal drive. Mm -hmm. And if you went over bumps while it was regenerating, it would stop braking and it would lurch forward until the bumps were done and then it would regen again. So people have had serious issues with the braking in this car. Could be software fixed. Keep you on your toes, could baby. Be so it's a fun <laughs> drive. It could be software fixed. Um, okay, the the key fob uh, seems like a total non-starter. Seems like it's really problematic. My uh, experience, good one, non-starter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good puns. I'm pretty good at puns, guys. Uh, but no, the key fob. My experience was if you leave the car for more than a couple minutes and you walk back up to the the car, what do you expect it to do when you walk up with the key fob? Brand new car. Unlock you unlock proximity, but I don't. That's not even the problem I was seeing. It seems like that the, the button didn't even do it. So I walk up to the car. Nothing happens. That's already not great. I hit the unlock button. Nothing happens again. That's already not great. I hit it again. Nothing happens. I hit it a third time, and then it unlocks because there's some time for the car needed to wake up. That for some reason it's not awake. Meanwhile, I have also found the car in my garage at night, all the lights off, and the inside of the car is just glowing for no reason. Just phantom draining, ambient lights are on, oh, connecting to Bluetooth yeah. for no reason. It, it's just on for no reason, for some strange occurrence. Ghosts. Could be fixed with software, but it seems Could. like a lot. Um, constant beeping and triggering of the driver assistance and attention features. This was the annoying part of this car for me, which is like... This was still happening in Matt Watson's video with the new software, which is you drive and the car is beeping and blinking at you constantly. Things just don't work all the time. You constantly have an error message on the dash. I don't want to deal with that in a new car. That by itself makes it the most annoying new car I've ever driven. Could still be fixed, maybe, with new software. Um, also, I just want to point out the three driving modes are Earth, Land, and Hype. Um, Fun. No, Earth, Fun, and Hyper? Hyper, yeah. Earth, Fun, and Hyper? Earth, Fun, and Hyper? You're thinking it. Well, it there was two have. because, yes, you're saying Earth, Wind, and Fire. Should have been Earth, Wind, but and Fire. But then the other one was Earth, Land, no. Never mind. It should it should have been Land Earth, Wind, and, and Fire. No, How yeah. perfect is Earth, Wind, and Fire? for the three drive modes? I would have no idea what any of it means. But it makes so much <laughs> you sense. You could Earth remember. Earth is a slow one. Wind is quick and fire is aggressive and yeah. they could be fixed with software. <laughs> um, yeah, the 500 boost for the last time the car is weird. Um, no hill hold. Apparently they added that. Solar energy. So the car has solar roof on top of the, this glass roof and it's it's kind of weird looking. There's like, like spots of solar, but it didn't indicate at all any solar production in the software I had. Matt Watson, who had the 2.0 software, showed that it was actually indicating real solar gen generation. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it was only generating an extremely small amount of solar. I mean, he's in the UK. Apparently, it generated 2.7 miles of range over his last thousand miles of driving. The UK probably is much worse with that because yeah, not he's all, a not rainy everyone, boy over there. But. Like this car literally has a California mode. I'm sure if you live in California, you'll get more solar, mm -hmm. but not everybody. I don't think there's anyone. Is there anyone out? I shouldn't say. There's. Does anyone think the solar roof on 
any car with a solar roof is getting them a lot of range? A lot? No. Not a lot. No. Okay. I mean, we I had the Prius parked outside in New Jersey for a couple days and got a handful of miles of range. Nice. So it's like... I'm looking for at least neat. two handfuls on my new <laughs> yeah. car. I mean, if I park in my garage, which I normally do, I'm not getting battery out there. If it rains like it did today, I'm not getting range out there. If I park in a parking garage while it's out the airport, I'm not getting range. So there's like ways you can optimize, but... Yeah, this car wasn't really doing a whole lot there. Could be improved with software. I mean, the way it shows it could be improved. It's. I don't think that's something that on this or any car with a <coughs> roof is going to benefit yeah. from at the all. List, the list was on and on. I also was like, yeah, this car doesn't have a glove box, but it has a tray instead. And they have these little under, say, under seat uh, tr- uh, little box little boxes like my Rivian has mm-hmm. but then if you want to keep like your insurance like your class like a first aid kit tissues whatever the only place to put it would be the the storage in between the seats but they put a tray there so there's just no place to put so and I want to confirm here like a lot of people were like well Rivian doesn't have a glove box and has it under the seat but you're saying Rivian has a lot of extra storage Rivian in the has a bunch of other storage. places including a huge cavernous yes. space between the seats I do think that yeah. taco tray is only in the one edition right the one the extru- yeah whatever the top trim is yes um and that's something so I should cool. I want to do better, which is I, I'm reviewing one trim of the car, but trying to make sure like I account for all the different trims because I'm reviewing and living with this one car. So I'm reviewing my experience with this one car, but there are going to inevitably be combinations of features that I wouldn't recommend. And mm-hmm. that's one of them. Don't don't do the trays if you want to keep stuff in like where a glove box would be. Um, that can't be fixed with software. The buttons on the steering wheel are really easy to accidentally press. That can't be fixed with software. Um Inefficient solar panels, I don't think you can fix that with software. So there's a bunch of things that could be improved with 2.0. We shall see. But in general, just to just to debunk any of those other weird fringe reactions to the video, <laughs> there was never any payment despite Fisker's attempts. There was never any investment in any stock. I've never actually been invested in any stock of any companies we cover. And what else? It is actually the worst car I've ever reviewed. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, if you're ever taking advice on something you're looking to buy, if the stock ticker of that company is in their Twitter profile, don't take that. And by the advice. way, if you really want the stock price to go up, you should want the car to be really good. Yeah. Like you should want reviews to be honest instead of, you know, painting it like as a really sugary, like, oh, it's decent. It could be okay. You should want reviews to be honest so that they can actually address them. So that the car can get great reactions and sell well and make the company do well. That's my two cents. I mean, a company should be good for it to do good is what you're saying. Product's got to be good. This has been the most like tumultuous like uh, car reviewing experience that I've never reviewed myself. We're here for you, Miles. Obviously, I have to use it and test it to make sure Marquez is like the most equipped he can be to be to give the best review he can. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I've heard a lot of things behind the scenes that don't need to be aired out, but I personally don't think this was the right start for Fisker's rebirth. Um, I personally just feel like when you're good at, great at one thing, which is designing cars, I feel like you should just stick to that and enable someone who's more equipped to do the actual running of a business to handle that. And you can just stick to doing what you love. Because I do think the bones are there for Fisker Ocean. It's not an objectively terrible 
car. I think they just shipped it way too early. It looks beautiful. It looks great. It's a handsome you car. You know, it, it turns heads. And I mean, there are things about the car that are unique that I like personally. I just feel like this whole experience has made it hard to not like the car, especially after the review yeah. went up. But I mean, it is. I, we, we've, we've talked to Fisker about a 2.0 coming to the studio to check out whether that will happen. We don't know. Still don't know. But I, I am genuinely curious to see if that will change everything because, you know, they really hyped it up to me personally as far as how transformative this update is. We'll find a way to review 2.0, whether it's yeah. Fisker or not. Um, just that to, doesn't matter. Yeah, just to bring it back to, like, software updates and promises, there's been many many instances of products being unveiled with a promise of a future like how many camera features from the iphone do we get like other evs that have done this exact same route even uh, a phone comes out and they're like don't test the camera yet because what is it called what was the iphone oh um they didn't say don't test it but they deep fusion they said like you are buying it and you're not that's iphone does it every year now it's like here are features that we are promising you for later and every single year we say do not buy this phone if that's the thing you want and i will and i will review the phone as it exists in the moment that i actually have it because that's the one that everyone who buys it based on my video is going to get and then if it does get better that's a bonus Mm-hmm. And I would really like them to get better because obviously they're promising great things. And if they do deliver on that, that's a win. That's a bonus. But uh, yeah, that's that's always been the the policy is uh, when it comes out, it's out. Yeah. And this also isn't the only company that has a bunch of people reacting kind of wildly that soured it. There are plenty of other companies. I don't love Tesla because of most of the Tesla people what? online, if I'm being completely honest. like mm, I think fans. the Model 3 and the Model Y are pretty great cars minus some panel gaps but like tesla fans not my favorite sorry y'all tesla fans are bad but you gotta give credit to tesla for like you know kind of just taking things on the chin as far as the problems with the cars and striving to address that rather than enabling people who just want to keep their stock prices (laughs) yeah i mean and also like people were mentioning like full self-driving as something that's kind of out but not out and i don't think we've ever been out there and said like you should definitely go spend the ten thousand dollars on full self-driving no, right i did now. a demo of it yeah i was in the back seat of that yeah that was scary. that's all you got to do is just watch that video <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're getting so yeah i could have i could have waited for a software update to do that video but that's the thing that real people will get if they do it mm-hmm. today so anyway. allegedly allegedly that's the, that's the philosophy I think we've hammered that home enough. That's probably all the Fisker Ocean talk anyone's going to have on this pod. But we always have uh, our one last thing at the end of every episode, which is trivia. All right. Miles, you ready for trivia? Can I say something real quick? Can you pass me one of those things? Last week... A bunch of you said that I don't know how Roman numerals work. <laughs> no, I, I was cap. defending you in that's the comments. Cap. Thank you. Yeah. Fujifilm doesn't know how Roman numerals work. Not me. I know. The one person I respond to was like, oh, that is weird. So you, if we're going to go into this, you said, why are they calling it the X106 when the last one was the X100V? And everyone's like, it's Roman numerals. V is yeah. after six. But- Obviously, I know that V is five. <laughs> if I know that VI is six, that's <laughs> yeah. how Roman numerals work. <laughs> But Fujifilm, like, 
wants people to call it the X100V. Yes. Which is confusing. And they do that because the first one was the X100. The second one was the X100S. That stands for second. The third one was the X100T for third. The S That I didn't second. know. Yes. The fourth one was called the X100F for fourth. Okay. Wow. I did not know all then of that. Then they had to make the fifth one. Already used the S. <laughs> they used that. a V. Great. Time for six. Already the used the S. Looks like we're at Roman numerals <laughs> again. Not my fault. We'll take it up with Fuji. If David were here, David would be going off right now. David is in Fuji right now. Yeah. Who's oh. worse at naming products, Fuji or Sony? Sony. 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 Sony has proven a, a couple good names in the past. Like? Has Fuji. Like, feel like PS2, PS3, PS4. Uh, but... But then they have WH-1000XM3. I was so. going to say, like, I could list you six Fuji project products from memory. Like, I could not tell you from memory. You I know did. there's an MDR and an 80 in those headphones, but I couldn't tell you the order or, like... No. MDR-7506. There's, there's not even an 80. <laughs> Cameras in PlayStation, I think that's pretty much it as far as, like, solid naming structure and i guess sony's oleds because it's just a one a yeah no i'd just like the cameras, cameras no but they're even kind of expensive because it's like the a7 and then there's the a7s the a7r mark and one. just the a7 and then there's all the marks for those which come out at different years right yeah those are reasonable names but there wasn't there like an a7 5 why there's still only an a7 or an a7s5 why there's like an a7r3 like they weren't even on the same look we all we yeah. all know how to name things okay number <laughs> And then the word pro or max or both. <laughs> or mini or, or mini. ultra. <laughs> Not anymore. All four. No mini anymore. No more mini. Mini's gone. <laughs> Alas. All right. Real <laughs> trivia question. In 2017, during the Tesla Semi event, Elon explained how the second generation Roadster would put all gasoline cars to shame. Specifically, he said that driving a gasoline sports car is going to feel like a steam engine with a side of what egg-based dish. Honestly, driving a steam engine would be kind of cool. Uh, you probably won't go fast. Yeah. John Oliver had a really good trains episode pretty recently. It was kind of wild to Did learn about. Did he have train spotting kit Is on? a steam engine no. always ah. a train? That, I guess not always, yeah. Hmm. Anyway. All right. Flip them and read. Read them and read. <laughs> Wait, That's hold on. I got, man. Miles, well, hold on. Let's see if Marquez and I are right first. Okay. What did you write? I wrote quiche. That is correct. You said this out loud before, Miles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Miles okay. said it out loud and Ellis went. We, we need, I did make that face. Can this stay in there? Because I did say, I'm not a quiche guy. You did say that? And then you I did. went. <laughs> you gave me this look of just like non-confirmation. I'm just like, maybe it was like, Ellis is just thinking. Wait, what did you guys write? I wrote quiche. quiche. Miles wrote runny eggs. I wrote runny eggs. It's like, what? I don't like runny eggs. First of all, but runny eggs are inherently fast. And they're also not called runny eggs. They're running. Fastest eggs you can have. <laughs> Wait, what does this mean? I like don't know. driving a steam engine with a side of quiche. I literally quiche have no idea. Quiche is just idea. a lame thing. No, it's not. Bullshit. <laughs> quiche yeah, rules. Quiche is awesome. I'm, Dude, quiche is a frittata and a pie mixed together. It's, it's so, like, what's better than that? It's a pie made of eggs have you ever had a quiche lorraine Dude, i don't think oh, so man. 
But he said quiche. quiche. He just said quiche. Look, if this was like something crazy, like an oof coquette or something, I'd be like, that's <laughs> what? fine. You what don't. What is an oof coquette? It's Nobody like, here. It's like a Not fake, a single person in this room knows well, what that is. Clearly, I'm the only one here with an ounce of class. <laughs> but a quiche. I think you made that up. <laughs> that's a made up. That's not real. It's you French for baked egg, guys. You can't tell me like uh like baked egg cheese and bacon or ham or some sort of also and then no 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 no, i'm talking about quiche and then in a pie crust sounds that's amazing it was a fantastic breakfast and then a bunch of cholula on top over a quiche 75 times out of 10 what are we comparing to i would take ice cream over a bag of chips no you said a quiche is a Pie and a eggs. Fr- no, I said it's a it's a pie and a frittata. What the f*** is a frittata? <laughs> it's a it's a quiche without the crust. I would have to spell this out for well, you. <laughs> if you have to use quiche to define quiche, then I can't I can't go with that. Mm. I think it's it's a combo pie and eggs and cheese. I just it's like if cheese. you tried it's to turn gross. in like an egg, an egg based like like an omelet, like all the ingredients you would throw in an omelet, like egg, bacon. Like green onion, all that, that and tried to turn it into like a cake. A yeah, pie, a pie. That's, it's that's pie crust. It's the worst kind of pie. It's crust. Yeah, on the power rankings of pie. pies, quiche is at the bottom. Pumpkin on top. Is quiche Pumpkin in the pie category bottom. though? Only by structure. I mean, barely. Ellis is is quiche We're in the pie category. Yeah, definitely. It has uh, pie crust. You, it does have a you pie bake crust. it in a pie tin yeah, with yeah, a pie I, crust, but you put eggs in it. That's the worst pie. All right, I have Bro. to ask this question. Yeah. yeah, you're at a diner mm-hmm. and you're ordering eggs. Yeah, how do you order them? What am I getting with it? Yeah, is it scrambled or an omelet? I guess I can. Is it huevos rancheros? Oh, Miles a man after my eggs. own heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying like I'm eggs. Scrambled. You're getting like eggs. A typical breakfast. It's like eggs, toast, choice of meat. I you go scrambled usually. Scrambled. It's yeah. just eat, scrambled. Yeah, scrambled. It's easy to it's not hard to mess up. up. There's yeah. a there's a question I need answered with this, it, yeah. and that's like. What form are my potatoes coming with? There's no potatoes, and it's just toast. That's a fried egg, dog. To- yeah, toast and bacon. Yeah, over if it's easy, baby. over easy, over yeah. easy. No, I, I'm getting Notice a fried nobody egg. Nobody said quiche. You, because <laughs> that's, that's not, not an, an answer. <laughs> I'm just saying. How would you like your egg, sir? Quiche. Uh, please say that at the next diner and just watch her spill the thing of coffee on you and walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Over, over easy, break it, dip because your toast in it. Especially, this answer. is crazy that you don't eat quiche, considering that you're like a pro athlete. Like I never I, said that. I, I had, I've had quiche a few times. It's pretty decent. It's okay. Okay, it just seems like a vehicle to get like 9 million Dude, grams is, of protein that's a fact. and some carbs. You it know? is also it's great. Which a frittata wouldn't get you. Because of the lack of crust. <laughs> you made that up. I'm not making up a frittata. frittata. No, you're not. Just but saying, what's quiche? made up is oof coquette. That's no. <laughs> It's not, you not Google that, coquette, I don't want to know gets what like that is. It gets like off socket and like, yeah, the results are weird. Okay, here. next. <laughs> you had to Google image search that. <laughs> the results <laughs> are weird. Don't look that up. Next question. Yes, look it up. It's, it's, it's French for baked eggs. There are too many ways to misspell that for me to even try. <laughs> I can't. Okay, quick update on the score before we keep going. Yeah, Uh, Marquez after that question now has three. (laughs) Andrew with one can't carry it if it's the only thing. I'm carrying it, baby. Carrying the one. Look at it over my shoulder right now. (laughs) David still with zero because he's in vacation in Japan. Miles now on the board with zero. I have one in spirit. Is is that on the board? Are we on the board at zero? It's It's off the board, but on the board. (laughs) Yeah. I hope the uh, the waveform. Trivia website guy is adding miles to it right now. We, that means we're also beating miles. Yeah, I have three, so you're you're below me. <laughs> oh, right from last week. I'm gonna have to come back and get redemption. Yeah. You guys redemption are like points. Nick DeVries 
two seasons ago in Formula One didn't have a team but came in as a um, a, a driver when a driver was sick and scored points. And that meant a driver who drove the whole season was ranked 21st in out the standings 20. out of because a guy who only raced one race was ranked above him. That's like, that sounds like bad luck. That's so funny. That's awful. So we were talking about SpaceX before. Yeah. On the 22nd, Houston-based Intuitive Machines landed a lander on the moon. What was the name of the lander? This is where we make you guys spell oof coquette. <laughs> it might be cocotte, too. Wait, what are I'm the chances that French. the answer to both of these is quiche? Because that would be a funny lander name. That would be a funny lander name. Spoiler alert, it's not. I was going to say, Ellis was kind of making a face, and I was like, did I catch you? <laughs> it's frittata. <laughs> You guys have never had a frittata either? I've had a frittata. Yeah, of course you. Jeez. Um, yeah, it just sucks. No! <laughs> Flip I'm, him and read, I'm boys. I'm saying it anyways. <laughs> just <laughs> in case I don't. Quiche. <laughs> 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 the right. spelling difference. What did you guys write? <laughs> my, my spelled it right. Well, because Maz looked it up online. <laughs> no way, that's how you spell it? Yeah. Wait, what did you write? Wally Oof Cuckhead. <laughs> Can you? I was like, it's either that or oof coquette. Right? I wrote oof coquette. <laughs> Can you spell it? O u x f h c a u g h e t t e. That sounds like a pair of Sony headphones. <laughs> Mark three. <laughs> Wait, Andrew, what did you say? Quiche. Quiche. If it was that, and I didn't put it, if I this... would have never lived with myself. If this was multiple choice, I think I might have gotten it. Because okay. I read this article and I just forgot the name. But I would have loved multiple choice right now. I'll try. Yeah. Medusa. Uh huh. Zeus. Uh huh. Odysseus. Olympus. Odysseus. Odysseus is what I probably would have guessed. Yeah. Miles. It just sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Olympus. Thank multiple you. Choice. That was hanging out with you off the noggin too. Off the top. Olympus. Olympus. Nope. Odysseus. I just tried to be different and didn't work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it never works. <laughs> I'll give nice you guys those points. Here. Mark has an answer. He's got the points. <laughs> yeah, oh, sick. I'll take it. All right. All right. Well, so next week, I'm bringing in a flight of egg dishes for everyone. Oh, boy. Is quiche going to be on there? Definitely. <laughs> All right. Definitely, Mark has. I'll try it. I'm just saying pie is better. Anyway, that's been it for this week of Waveform. We appreciate you tuning in, listening, watching, subscribing, rating, all the things you do on YouTube as well. We'll be back, of course, next week with way more. Catch you in the next one. Peace. Waveform is produced by Adam Aline and Ellis Rovin. We're partnered with Vox Media Podcast Network. Our intro outro music was created by Vane Silk. I have this song stuck in my head, mm. and I can't remember what it is. It goes, one, two, three, four, five, sixers. Ten, nine, eight, seventy-six servers. You know, if we pull this out and it's already cracked, people are going to say we staged it. I know, oh, yeah. which is a bummer, but is, but but we haven't cut the cameras, so we can at least no. We, we have it recorded that. me saying, we can, can you go grab it? Yeah, yeah. we'll release yeah. the whole thing. But what if <laughs> yeah. the whole thing was... Staged? If it's not cracked, I'm going to be like, cut the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just, let's just get into it then and see. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. 
Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.